You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Ivan E. Devery. And I'm Eric Borlaug. And you are listening to another episode of The Parsnip Ship. And And here we are tonight at Cloud City in Brooklyn. Um, And we are hearing uh, Charlie's Waiting by Melissa Annis. Yeah. Um, And before we start tonight, we're going to ask one question of our director, Blaze Tiersher. Tiersher. Not even close. Did I get the... Tysher. Tysher. Sorry. That was pretty good. I was I, I, I had it written down, but then it was in my pocket, so uh, I'm terrible. Um, What's your question? Our Adam? question is, uh, <laughs> what would the world be missing if it didn't have this play? Yeah, I was thinking about this question quite a bit because the world would miss several things if it weren't for Melissa Annis' writing. She's a dear friend of mine. But I think the most important thing about this play that the world needs... We have three three-dimensional, flawed women who all sort of reject motherhood um, in a very interesting, scary way. And I think we get to see a lot of characters, male characters, that get to reject their traditional roles all the time and are allowed to be selfish and self-indulgent. And if a story does have a woman like that, it's just one. We have three women who are selfish and flawed and sexy and just well-rounded terrible people (laughs) that's what the world needs (laughs) kind of like the world needs more nasty women (laughs) no shade to hillary no shade to hillary at all um Okay, great. Uh, our musical guest, no, actually before we get to our musical guest, we're going to get to our lovely cast. Um, so let's start, guys. Hi, Trudy Posey, and I'm playing Louise. Hi, and I'm Cleo Gray, and I'm playing Kelly. Hi, I'm Amy Tedesco, and I'm playing Annie. Awesome. And this is Cleo's second episode on the Parsnip Ship. Welcome back. We like when they come back. Um, and let's uh, welcome our musical guest for the night. I'm really excited. I haven't even said his name yet. Musical guest for tonight is Eric Holm. And he will be accompanied by the beautiful and lovely Hannah Porter, who is also a playwright of our of ours from season one. Her play Bashirt is on iTunes and SoundCloud for you guys to listen to after this, after you hear her beautiful voice. And uh, let's get started, guys. Great. Take it away. still dark and cold You had a few too many and you feel a little old Your night is full of pleasure but your day is full of pain Your 
are full of sunshine, but the morning's full of rain. You don't know if you want to wake to more bad news. Just snuggle with your baby. 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 Today we're hitting snooze. Just give me nine more minutes and I'll be a brand new man. I need is nine more minutes and I'll come up with a plan I'll figure how to be the boss of my own time Cause I figured out the ladder isn't worth the work to climb I never could have done it if I didn't have my muse So come a little closer Closer Coffee isn't made. There's more to getting wealthy than there is to getting paid. And some people wanna make you miserable too. Now how much is it worth that you don't hate what you do? A killer way to overcome those working man blues. You can be the big spoon. Big spoon. shouldn't be long. It's fine. She loves to take her time with the goats. Goats? I'm not the biggest fan. Of? The goats. Filthy fuckers. Oh. They jump on you and they get shit all over your pants. Yes. Because they're cloven. I don't follow. Hooved. Cloven hooved. The dirt packs in between their giant nail and... Yes, I guess it's a nail, I suppose. The nail, it, it, the dirt packs right in there like plywood. I, don't, I didn't see any goats. Oh, they're not our goats. They live next door. Kelly befriended the farmer, spends hours over there playing with them, watching them. But she shouldn't be long. She's already gone. And she knows we have a lot to do before tomorrow. We really have so much to do. Look at this place. I'll try calling her again, yes? Great. It's me, again. <laughs> I do wish you'd check your phone. Your friend? Annie. Annie is here, as are the lanterns. Uh, so come home when you can. <laughs> Love you. Bye. She doesn't have a watch, so I'm sure she'll check her phone soon. How did the two of you meet? At a bar in Tuxedo. She wanted a gin and tonic, and I bought her one. Someone had stolen her purse. It took, her, it took uh, out of her pocketbook and uh, while she stood at the bar. Isn't that terrible? Mm. 
You can see her now standing, leaning on the wall with her shoulder, her hip pushed out, rocking side to side, chewing on the nail, (laughs) the skin around her nails, those big doe eyes searching. She looks scared, confused, and our eyes locked. And just like that, I knew she was the one. Can you imagine being left in a strange town with strange people in tuxedo? No money, no cards or anything in tuxedo. (laughs) She was so grateful. She always is. So I said to her, sure, I'll buy you a gin. And we sat together in front of the fireplace and we talked and talked for hours about nothing and everything. Everything. Yes. I told her about my life, about my present, and my hopes for the future. What was she doing in tuxedo? Turns out we were both in tuxedo for just a few days. I was staying with my sister and her monsters, and Kelly was staying with a friend who stood her up, and we were both scheduled to go back the next morning, so... We traveled back to the city together. Mm, And now you're here. You're both here. We lived here for about a month or so. uh, Three and a half weeks, actually. (laughs) It's normally much less (sighs) weddings. It's nice. (laughs) My father designed it for us, uh, for me, uh, for me and my partner at the time. I had just come over a, a big breakup Uh, When Kelly and I met, it was very messy. Uh, The house was being built, and anyway, it's all very boring. So uh, Kelly and I, we lived in a little trailer just over there for a month while we did the finishing touches. (laughs) Sounds cozy. It was miserable. She thought it was charming. It's a very nice house. Oh, we like it. It's peaceful. Yes, quiet. Mm -hmm. You can really hear nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Wow, you really can't hear anything. Uh, You get used to it. Uh, You'd have to. What do you mean? Well, it would drive you crazy otherwise. Where do you live? New Hampshire. I know it well. But I lived in Connecticut for a time. Lovely. Do you know it? Connecticut, of course. Mm, And New Hampshire? Yes, parts. I don't think you know my part. Try me. Berlin? Berlin. No, I don't know it. I didn't think so. (laughs) Write down your address so we can stop by the next time we drove through. I'm moving. Oh. Yes. Well, you'll have to let us know how to find you. Maybe. I can't believe she's talking, taking so long. We have so much to do. How many goats do they have next door? Three. Soon it'll be four, apparently. She goes on and on about those goats. Can I let you in on a little secret? If you like. You won't tell, will you? I'll try not to. Can you keep a secret? Yes. Yes, I can. I'm having three baby goats delivered here tomorrow morning as a wedding present for Kelly. (laughs) Well, isn't that something? She loves goats. And it it means she doesn't have to go off all the time. She can just stay here and watch the goats, her own goats, in her own garden, (laughs) in our garden. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, 
perhaps she likes going when next door to see the goats. When I called to order the goats, the they goats. told me I couldn't just order one. Uh, it would get lonely. Two goats apparently can get aggressive, and that's no good, but three. Three apparently does the trick. <laughs> goats! Filthy fuckers. Yes. <laughs> It's nice to meet a friend of Kelly's from the past. Kelly has no friends. So few. I must be honest, though, Kelly. Uh, she, she never mentioned you. We went to school together. Oh. Dorm maidens. Oh. We shared a room. Boarding school. Oh, well, that's a relief. I mean, <laughs> that could have been a very awkward conversation. Yes, I suppose it could. Me? Having to speak to her about you, about inviting her ex to our wedding. Uh, Yes, I can see how that would be. But you're not. No. There's no problem. No problem. None whatsoever. No problem. Uh None at all. Nope. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which boarding school? Same one as Kelly. I have nieces all over the country who went to, and they still go to boarding schools. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Why? Because the youngest niece goes to Phillips Exeter. I wouldn't know her. Of course not. <laughs> the age, but you never know with all these alumni associations. We didn't go to Phillips Exeter. Oh, no. Oh, I'm so sorry. I haven't even offered you a drink. Wine, tea, coffee. Okay, water is fine. Water. My brain is all over the place. So many moving parts to life at the moment, you know, with the wedding tomorrow and everything. It's nice to get acquainted with you before the big day. I could fill a field with guests, but Kelly, she only has, well, she only has one guest now. (laughs) One. You. You have a lovely view. Yes. We like it. It's not all our land, The first bit of field is, yes, of course, ours are the first four acres just up to the hedge, that hedge over there. Mm, It's nice, even with a big, fat, white tent in the middle of it. Oh, that's that's a marquee. It's not a tent. Maybe I should try calling her again. Would you excuse me for a moment? I'll I'll call her again. Mm, Please. Um, Louise? Yes? I think there's something vibrating. Is... Is this the phone you're calling? It was under my cushion. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. Well, here it is. Well, that will explain why she's not answering the phone. (laughs) She never takes the phone with her anywhere. It's very frustrating. You can just put that phone on on the... Here, I'll take it. Thank you. Will you be staying for lunch? Oh, is that an invitation? Yes. I'm not sure yet. Oh, well, just the water for now then. Yes, please. Sometimes I wonder why I bought her a phone at all. Here you go, your water. Thank you. So, why don't you tell me something about yourself? Like what? Anything. I'm afraid I can't think of anything. Nothing at all? Not really. Oh. Wait. Yes? I don't eat chicken. Okay. Or eggs. I read an article online about these chicken farmers that squeeze these little chickens into tiny little cages and expect them to pop out eggs all day long. It's terrible. These poor chickens, they die of stress. 
And the farmers don't clean up their corpses for days because they don't know. They can't see that the poor chicken is dead because it's still being propped up by the chicken standing next to it. Well, uh, Did you know that the lucky ones, the lucky chickens, they have a little bit more space. But that's because they had to build flaps at the back of cages, trap doors on the back. That's where they attach a second cage. And that cage is a horny old cock ready and waiting to take that poor chicken who's been huddled up popping out eggs for the past God knows how long so that can be impregnated. I don't think that's true. Oh, yes. I think it is. But my point is, I won't eat chicken now. It wasn't a conscious decision. I didn't read the article and think, oh, God, I can never eat a chicken again. It was a Sunday afternoon. There I am, sitting in the kitchen at the table with Charlie, roasting myself with the heat from the oven. (laughs) I'm sure you don't have that problem here. And so I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and the timer goes off, the timer to baste the chicken. Um, I open the oven, and the smell of the roasting chicken fills the kitchen, and my mouth's watering. And I spoon some of that juice onto the chicken, and I prod at the stuffing inside its plump little body, and bang! That's when it happened. That's when I realized I couldn't ever eat chicken again. We're having fish. What kind of fish? Tope, it's shark. That's new. With ratatouille. With ratatouille. Yes. Kelly doesn't eat meat either. Uh, She'll eat fish, but not meat. I eat meat. Just not chicken? Because of the cages. Yes, you said. Kelly used to love a bacon sandwich in the morning. She's been a vegetarian ever since I've known her. Has she? Yes. Amazing. Why? Nothing. Just so many surprises on this trip. Really? Kelly, a vegetarian, living in a field, gay. Surprise. Is our lifestyle a problem for you? (laughs) I couldn't care less. Good. I'm glad. Where are you staying tonight? I'm not. I told you I'm moving. But what about tomorrow? I'm afraid I can't make it. Oh, no. I'm afraid my timing is off. You came all this way. I would have called, but I didn't have Kelly's phone number. The number, our telephone number, was on the wedding invitation, right below the RSVP email address. It was quite clear. Mm -hmm. Along the bottom and on the RSVP slip. Well... My invitation never actually arrived. I've moved around quite a bit over the years, or perhaps Kelly forgot to put it in the mail. She was so always so bad at that. <laughs> Every January, she'd clean out her bag, emptied all out all of the Christmas cards she never gave out at school before Christmas. <laughs> My father would laugh and laugh and laugh at her, but she emptied out her bag, getting ready for the new year. Please, if it were me, I wouldn't have heard the end of it. You're such a money waster, or you're always so frivolous. But her? Kelly could do no wrong. She used to make him laugh at the silliest things. Everyone could hear them laughing. I'm sorry. Are you saying that that you haven't been invited to the wedding? There could be a thousand reasons why I wasn't invited. It would be cruel to go into each and every one, don't you think? Besides, you and I don't even know each other. I mean... We were young when she and I, when we were friends. 
I won't lie. It's disappointing not to have been invited, but not exactly unexpected. But that's Kelly in a nutshell, isn't it? Disappointing, but not unexpected. Why did you say... I didn't say anything. You assumed... You said you were a friend yes. of Kelly's. Yes, I am. I was. But that you're here for the wedding. I don't wedding. think I said anything about any wedding. I'm quite sure that you said... From the moment I walked in, you just went, went on, on and on I beg and your on. pardon, you opened but, the door and you assumed... But you are a friend of hers, of aren't you? Of course I am. Why wouldn't I be? I'm sorry. I'm obviously missing something. What is there to miss? There's nothing to miss. Uh, could you... What is please, it? Please, uh, you just keep every time I... What? S- what is it, Louise? You're speaking in riddles. <laughs> I can it, assure you that there's no riddle being told. It's making me feel a little Comfortable. Here, I'm simply come to speak this with Kelly. This is not... Would you please... What is it, Louise? P- just please stop. What is it? Please stop. Stop interrupting me. I'm sorry. Am I coming across as hostile? It's okay. You can tell me. Sometimes I come across as hostile. It's nerves. I don't mean to sound the way I do sometimes. I'm not trying to be hostile. I'm sorry if that's how I sounded. It's just that I didn't actually say that I was invited. You assumed. You really did. Just like you assumed that I eat fish. I have something to return to Kelly. That's all. It's all very simple. What is it? That's between her and I. We're married. Not yet. What is that supposed to mean? Don't worry. It's in my best interest that you do get married. It's nice here. Nicer than anything Kelly could offer without you, that's for sure. Offer who? Offer what to who? Whom? Kelly and I, we have no secrets. Did she tell you about me? Is there something to tell? (laughs) I'm coming across as aggressive again, aren't I? Perhaps we can start again. Reset? Reset. I'd hate for us to get off on the wrong foot before Kelly arrives. We're old friends, and I have something that's hers, and I need to return it to her. That's all. It's that simple. Reset? She shouldn't be long. The goats? Yes. We have four chickens behind the house. Free range. Cage free. That's nice. Yes. No cock? No. Interesting. Speaking of eggs... Were we? I hope you don't mind me asking, but how did you... mm, I don't mean to point out the elephant in the room, but you look... Yes, I'm pregnant. How? That's between Kelly and I. We have a donor. Kelly will adopt her when she's born. So she's yours. She's both of ours. Well, not really. This is a lovely house to raise up. I'm sorry, did you say? We're having a girl. Mm, It's a nice home for a family. This is a nice house. Did you get to choose, boy or girl? You can, but we didn't. Mm, But you wanted to know. Yes. I don't like surprises. Who does? Would you like more children? Maybe. I'm so glad to hear you want another, that you like the idea of a big family. Do you come from a big family, Louise? I'm only one of two, but my sister has eight. Oh, that's grotesque. The reset. It's going well, don't you think? Mm. Good. I want us to be friends. All of us. 
you, me, Kelly, your little girl, Charlie. Is he your husband? My husband? No, he's only eight. He's a good boy. A very good boy. He's not without his difficulties, but he is a kind, gentle, giving soul, and he he loves to laugh. I can make him laugh at the silliest things. He'll laugh and laugh and laugh. Oh, and he loves to be around animals and other children. Oh, he'll love the goats. You'd have to be careful, of course, with the baby because he isn't always aware of his body. He's eight and a boy. Well, it'll be very nice to meet your son one day. Oh, he's not my son. He's my brother. Half-brother. And you take care of him? Yes, I do. I take very good care of him. My parents are dead. That's nice. I'm sorry? Oh, no. (laughs) I meant, it's nice that you take, that you, that you take good care of. (laughs) I'm sorry about your parents. I didn't mean, (sighs) I am so sorry to hear about your parents. Why don't you tell me about Kelly? Tell me some of the fun things you two used to do. She never talks about her past. Perhaps she wants to keep the past in the past. You sound like her. We have a lot in common. Funny, because you're both so different. Are we? Yes. Isn't life funny? Because we're really not that different. We have a lot in common. I'm just trying to make conversation, Alice. Annie. Yes, Annie. Sorry. Okay, let me think. Kelly used to keep a stick insect in a jar. What's that? It's an insect that looks like a stick and it lives in a jar. (laughs) Of course. It's about so big and it lives in a jar full of sticks. She used to stare at it for hours. You could hardly see the thing most of the time. It blends in with the other sticks, but she said it was calming. It's a bit like a chameleon, but less high maintenance. Charlie's the same way. He doesn't have a stick insect, but he has these sea monkeys. They're not actually monkeys. They're more like shrimps. Very strange things. Have you seen them? I don't know. Very silly things, sea monkeys. My father gave it to her. What? The stick insect. He stole it from the science lab for her. Well, I'll have to Google it to get an idea. It's hard to imagine what a stick insect looks like. It looks like a stick. (laughs) Was your father a teacher? No, a caretaker. Oh, that's nice. He hanged himself in the school gymnasium eight years ago. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. It was. He didn't work there anymore, but I think he wanted to make a point. I I don't know what to say. I'm so sorry. And then Charlie found my mother kneeled over, dead with her head in the oven 13 months ago. No. Yeah. Wait, is this a joke? No. God. Such is life, am I right? Oh, Annie, look at you. You poor thing. You poor, poor thing. You are impressive, Annie. I wasn't sure what to make of you to start, but you are very impressive. Because my father killed himself? Yes, and that you take care of your brother, and that you've made something of yourself in spite your tragic life. Mm. And that you're sitting here, calm as calm could be, and life, well, life has not been kind to you, and you're here, and you are, I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. Thank you. 
Tell me something else about you. Tell me more about Charlie. Charlie, you're curious now. Very. Mm. What is it? It's just interesting. Hmm? You, you're interesting. Well, you're impressive. <laughs> you're not what I expected, Louise. I'm choosing to take that as a compliment. I used to think that it was us and them, you know? Like, Kelly and I would always be the last to be picked for the field hockey team. Bitches. And then they would throw our school bags in the horse shit and hold their noses in the hallway when they pass us. And they never invited us to anything, and the only time they'd actually be nice to us was if they needed us to go to the nurse to get them the morning after pill. And we went. We helped them out got them what they needed because they couldn't be seen doing that sort of thing. But us, on the other hand, oh, it was almost expected. Isn't that stupid? Not at all. Once, when we went to the nurse, they actually called my father in for a conversation about my behavior. They were concerned that I'd been in there three times that month for the morning after pill. And he punished me. Took me out of drawing classes for a semester. Can you believe that? He was probably concerned. But the irony of it, Louise. I've always hated people like you. You understand that, don't you? But you seem like a nice lady on the whole. Annie, I know it's hard for you to understand why we would hate you. We? Kelly and I. Kelly loves me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why are you laughing, <laughs> laughing like that? I'm sorry. Sometimes I have these fits. Fits? <laughs> yes. They're uncontrollable. You know, I have so much to get on with. You, you know, the wedding is tomorrow. Would you like me to leave? Well, there's a lot going on. Oh, my God. You're amazing. <laughs> I beg your pardon? <laughs> You don't even know how amazing you are. <laughs> at least I'm aware of my state of being. At least I know why I've done the things I've done, made the choices I've made. <laughs> I'm not knocking you. I actually admire it. Oh, you are in so deep and so pathetic that you will do anything for her, won't you? <laughs> I really can't tell if you're insulting me or not anymore. Wow. God, I can smell it on you. Just like she smelled it on you the day in the bar in Tuxedo. I've been there once. After everything. After Kelly was sent away. And then my father. And the courts. And then the aftermath. And then my mom. When there was only the two of us left. I thought that Charlie could be my blanket. You know. Safety blanket. But honestly, he wasn't that comforting. He's eight. And comfort from an eight-year-old is a little boring. I'm not feeling You'll find well. that. Children. They don't do anything other than need you and want things and take things from you. Are you in love with my fiancé? Is that why you're here? <laughs> I'm not gay, Louise. Not everything has to be so simple. So I took Charlie to the fireworks last month, 4th of July. It was unseasonably cold for July. You know, when I think back to my childhood and I think about the 4th, it was always really warm. Funny. 
and, and I'm standing with Charlie in front of me, staring out towards the fireworks are being lit, and this man was looking at me, right at me, into my eyes. He saw it, the, the flash. He knew I saw him seeing me, and he didn't look away or anything. He just kept looking at me. He's foreign. They have higher romantic notions than we do. He's Albanian. Do you know about the war in Albania? No. You should Google it. It's terrible what happened over there. A genocide, and no one ever talks about it. Ariane didn't mind talking about it. That's his name, Ariane. He was eight when they came over, so he doesn't remember any horrible things. But he did tell me about a cousin of his who had her throat slit, and she was six months pregnant. Isn't that horrible? He blocked most of his memories out. His father was a big-time economist over there, but after that happened, he moved his whole family here, worked at an Italian restaurant for a few bucks an hour so that his son could have a better life. Can you imagine? Now that's inspiring. That's impressive. And he's going to go to school in New York City, and he's going to be an economist like his father. And he's going to go back to Albania and work for the new government. And he says he loves me. And even if I know he doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. Just like it doesn't matter to you. I have to seize the moment. Which is why Kelly has to take Charlie back. Take him back. I've thought about it. I've thought about it a lot. And if Ariane was eight when he came over and he's turned out, I mean, he's fine. Then that means, it means that this is the right time. Charlie's eight, which means he can start again. A new life with you here and it'll be okay. Do you understand? I don't understand any of this. It's really very simple. Charlie is Kelly's son. I said... I heard what you said. And he's sitting in the car on the road waiting to come in. You left your son in the car for all this time? He's not my son. He's my brother. He's Kelly's son. Did you hear me? He's Kelly's son. Stop saying that. You have a strange sense of humor, Annie. I'm not joking. This is not funny. I know. Funny is the way milk smells before it turns sour. Why are you doing this? I'm not doing anything. I'm returning something. She's his mother. I mean, what's the big deal? You already said he'll be a lovely addition to the house. He will. What's the big deal? It's not as if you haven't got the room now, is it? Look at this place. You need children. This is, this is a house that needs children or dogs. You could just have a lot of dogs. <laughs> You're fucking with me. No, I'm not. I'm getting married tomorrow. And I'm so happy we've had this time to get to know each other. You're crazy. I'd hate to saddle him with a wicked stepmother, but you're not that. You're not that at all, are you? Kelly would have told me if she had a son. No. Out of sight, out of mind, that's Kelly. But you know that. She should have been home a while ago, I suspect. That is, if she's even coming home. What? None of this. What you're saying, none of this means anything. Do you really think that I wouldn't know that my fiancé, my soon-to-be wife, had a baby? A baby with a man? You don't think I would know? 
I don't know what sick fantasy you may or may not have in oh, your head about you her. She's got wrapped around her little finger, hasn't Maybe she? Maybe you know, Kelly. Maybe mm. you don't. Maybe you came to wish her luck, and now you see what we have, and you think that you can extort. Have I asked you for money? Or maybe you just get kicks out of picking on people. <laughs> Sociopathy, they call it. I know. I've seen it before. Power. It's all about getting a kick out of power. He has his own money. Power. He has my father's money, Louise. God knows he left everything to him. Whatever your father did to you'd Kelly, whatever he that did. that simple, wouldn't you? Come on, that only happens in TV shows and movies. You'd love for it to be that simple. Well, it was very nice of you to come in and completely fuck up my day, fuck up my mood. Yes, you really fuck... I have a lot to do before my wedding tomorrow, and now you have to leave. You have to go. I want you to leave my house. Go. If you don't, I will call the police. Wouldn't you rather I wait for Kelly? No, I would not. I see. Well, it's no skin off my nose. He's sitting in a blue Ford. It's on the road about a quarter mile away east. I told you to go. It's a blue car. It has some rust on it. You can't miss it. Do you really expect me to believe that you would just leave an eight-year-old child in a car in this weather? It's freezing out. It's a blue car. This is ridiculous. Is it? Yes, it is. You have to leave. I said what I came to say. Then go. Charlie knows to wait in the car until it starts getting dark. Jesus Christ. It's cold out. Here are the keys to the car. I won't need them. Go. I'll just leave them on the table. Get out of my house. One more thing. Get out. Get out of my house. Bye, Louise. Get out. Oh, God. Fuck! Where's that box of hers? Where is it? I know it's got to be somewhere. Where is it? Ah, there you are. It's locked. Of course, the damn box is locked. Where's the key? Key, key. Maybe a knife will do it. This knife. Open. Open for me. Hello, it's me. Shit! Apparently, it's going to turn into freezing fog this evening. Where have you been? You know where I've been. I called you. Louise. I called you three times, four times. I don't know how many times. I don't have my phone. Please put I the know. Knife- I must have forgotten to pick it up. You left it here. Oh, good. I'd have hate to have lost another one. <sighs> I've been trying to call you for over an hour. And my phone was here. I know. The tent looks nice. It's big. What the hell is the point in me getting you a phone if you don't it, take I it? I wasn't out, out long. with you. I couldn't get a hold of you. I could have been killed. I was with Joe and the Who's goat. Joe? You know who he is. Who the hell Louise, is Joe? put the knife down. Shit! Put the knife down. Put it down. I bought you a cell so that we could be in touch. I'm here. But you weren't here. And I was alone. And I tried to call you. Who is Joe? Joseph, next door. The goats. I told you I was going to feed the goats. For three hours? I was helping him put them in. It's cold out. Too cold for goats? A metal shed is not enough to keep them warm. They have to go into the main barn or they'll die. 
They live in fucking Siberia. Not these goats. Great. So now I have to worry about goats fucking freezing What has gotten into you? I called you. I'm sorry, Lou. I didn't mean to worry you. Oh, you have no idea. I understand that this... You this don't is understand hard. I can only imagine. Kelly, I was calling. It's only a phone. I was just down You've the road. You've been over this a thousand times. I need to know where you are. At all times? At all times. Don't turn I'm going this. out. Answer your phone. It's flashing again. No, you can't. I'm giving you some space. No. You're hysterical. It's what Elizabeth said I should do fuck when you get... Dr. Haskins. Oh, so now you want to curse. Fuck, fuck. Fuck, 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 okay, you're fuck, the one who fuck, wanted fuck. to see her, not me. Why are you putting your coat on? Where are you going? You can't go. Don't go. Please don't go. Why not? You can't. See, I- I'm upset. Over nothing. It's not nothing, Kelly. Will you please answer your phone? It keeps flashing in my eyes. Hello? Yes? What do you mean you have to come back tomorrow? You have to do it today. The wedding is tomorrow. I want it facing north. North. That's facing towards the house. My house. Just do it. Bye. Why is my lockbox out in the living room? This is mine. I told you that's what's mine is mine. But er- everything that's mine is yours. We had a deal. Yours. This box is mine. You don't touch it. Why don't you ever talk to me about your past? You never mm. want to talk about before, before me. I don't know anything about... I'm marrying you tomorrow, and I don't know anything about you. I thought that you liked it that way. You like it that way. We agreed. Why? Why did we agree? You can tell me anything. You know that. Anything at all. I won't mind. You can tell me that you killed someone, and I wouldn't care. I love you so much, Kel. You know... Every scar, every fling, every mistake, you know everything about me. I never asked you to share. But you know it. Because you give it away so freely. Please, please don't look at me like that, like I disgust you. That box is my private property. It is the only thing I own. And You have all this, Kelly. Please, is there anything I should know? So you want me to pour out my soul to you on the night before our wedding? Just... Tell me something. You want a bloodletting. Not necessarily. And then what happens? Nothing. And so you would make it all meaningless. I do disgust you, don't I? You said it yourself last week. You were not supposed to throw that in my face. You know, anything that we say in Elizabeth's office, I said that because I was angry. Her name is Dr. Haskins. Stop calling her Elizabeth. So you're jealous of our therapist now? Don't change the subject. Then shall we go back to talking about you breaking into my I'm private property? I'm trying to talk you're to you. You're jealous all the time. You manifest, imagine. You imagine people who don't exist, Louise. Like Joe. You know Joe. Why are you jealous of a seven-year-old lonely man? I'm not manifesting. I'm not jealous of Joe. Then what? Are you jealous of his goats? 
You imagine the worst all of the time. I mean, how are we supposed to... How do we do this if you fantasize about the worst? You have to trust me. You said if we go see a therapist, this would stop. Kelly, please. I'm scared of... There are things... Things I don't know about you. Things we've never said to each other. Then why start now? Because. Because. Oh, okay. Listen, Louise. I should have taken my phone. What's the use in you getting me a phone if I don't use it? Please don't. Don't cry, Lulu. I don't want to cry. Then don't. I'm trying not to. You're covered in snot. I'm so confused. Of course you are. You have worked so hard to make tomorrow... Perfect. Yes. I love you. I know you do. Please answer your phone. <laughs> These tent guys are persistent. It's a marquee. Looks like a tent to me. I paid $3,000 for it, Kelly. It's a marquee. Okay. I didn't ask for any of this. Couldn't you just tell them what we wanted when you were passing? Your tent, your responsibility. Fine. I'll answer it. Hello? Yes, this is Louise's phone. Yes. Yes, I, I understand. That's okay. Um, just come back in the morning. What? Wait, no, what's happening? Yes, yes, that will be fine, as long as the windows are facing the house. Yes. And, and that the floor goes in tomorrow. Tomorrow. Then we'll be happy. Thank you. Bye. I don't know what's so difficult about erecting a marquee. I'm paying enough. What did he say? They can't get the flooring down because some of the equipment is jammed up the road. What? Uh, there's a car blocking the road, apparently. They have to go around the long way. A car? Yeah, they can't get past it in their truck. What kind of car? They just had a car. It's probably someone trying to save on parking in town. It's in the lane? Yes. And there's no one in the car? I'm sure if there was, they would just ask them to move the car, right? <laughs> Louise? I need a picture okay. of you. A picture for the wedding for a slideshow. You have plenty of pictures of us. All you do is take photographs. Uh, you should use a picture of us uh, from our trip to Colorado. Use those pictures. It's a slideshow of our lives. So? We need one of you from before. I don't have any. I'm going to put away this lockbox, and, and I don't want you to ever try and open it up again. I can put it back. Don't I touch it. Don't go near it. Don't think about it. It's mine. Watch your step. Wa watch that paper lantern on the floor. Yeah, these stupid lights. Lanterns. Why are they all over the place? Sorry. Shall I start putting them in the tent? Why? You, to get them out of the way. They're in the way. My sister's boys are coming to decorate them first thing. I can't have them doing it out there. They might destroy the <laughs> tent. What? Nothing. Why do you do that? Call her your sister. That's what she is. But I know her name. Habit, I suppose. Do you need some help with them? Yes. Okay. 
So what do I do? You just pull them out of the pocket, the packet, and then you uh, open them like this. I can just get them for you. I, I saw how much you loved them at Richard's funeral. I, I just had to get them for you. You just light this little thing here. Do you remember? And up. Up and away they go, like little spaceships. I'll never forget your face as you watched them go. Up. Up and away. You had a tear running down your cheek. It was magnificent. I think it's the only time I've ever seen you cry. You looked so very lovely. And so I thought when I saw them in the store, well, how appropriate. This has been quite a day. I don't know what came over me. I know. I know. Shall I play some music? If you like. Where did you put my phone? It's by the couch. Thirteen text messages. Louise. Here's the remote for the stereo. You choose what you want to hear. Someone came over to see me? What? Your messages. Someone was here to see me? I... Well, yes, there, there was a girl, a, a you said woman. You a friend. Yes. I'm confused. A woman came over, I think. You think? Uh, like you said, I manifest. It's the stress of the wedding. So there wasn't a woman? There was, but she was just a crazy person. Well, what did this person say? She said she was an old school friend. I don't have any friends. She said he had, she had to return something to you. Did she say what it was? You don't know her? I don't think so. She frightened me, Kelly. And you shouldn't have let her in. I thought... I told you not to put our names in the paper. You know, there, there are people out there, people who want to take advantage of you, of who you are, take your money. You know, she's probably casing the house. You know, that's what it is. She's, she's checking it all out before it's filled with gifts. How could you let her in? She said you were dorm maidens at boarding school. I didn't go to boarding school. Oh. Uh, at first I thought she might have been an ex- The problem with you, Louise, is that you're just too trusting. And you hear what you want to hear. You know, you really do. And so you let strangers into our house, into our home. And she could have done anything to you. Do you think she could have? Did she seem capable? Oh, yes. She was rough, Kelly. Very rough. I could tell right away. I should have known that you wouldn't be for, have friends like... She said her father was a caretaker in a boarding school, and it was, it was so fantastic, uh, absurd. Oh, God, I, I can't believe I fell for it. She said she was your friend and that she came Did with... Did you tell her to come back? Of course not. But what if she does? We'll look through the spy hole. And if it's Annie, then we won't open the door again. Agreed? I didn't tell you her name. Of course you did. On the phone. You said her name on the phone. You left me a message. You left me six messages. Of course. I might be losing my mind. <laughs> There's no need to be dramatic. It's just the things that she said. You know, she told me that you had a child, an eight-year-old child. I said... Don't you think I'd know if my fiancé, soon-to-be wife, had a child? Oh, 
God, I can't believe I listened to her for so long. It's so obvious now that she was just trying to stay in the room, stay in the room so that that she, she could rob us. We should change the locks. You didn't give her a key, did you? Of course not. <laughs> It'd make me feel better, safer, and, and, we, and we should get a camera for the door, one that speaks to our phones, and, and maybe a secret camera for the house. That may be taking it a little far. We have built the perfect home. We have the most perfect family. Why should I risk it? I'm just not sure if I want to live in a house where a camera looks at me all day and night. It's for your protection. Let me... Let me keep you, keep you safe. What else did she say? The woman was nuts. Said she was leaving her eight-year-old kid in a car. I knew she was lying. Who would leave a kid outside in the cold? It's freezing out. What kind of monster would you be to leave a kid outside in weather like this? And she said that she had to go away, and she was leaving him there until we went to get him, or, or that he would come here, or something. Oh, God, I don't remember now. I was actually having images of some demon child in the house. Can you imagine? Where did she say she was going? What? Did she say where she was going? Albania. Albania. Who would ever want to go for Albania to Albania? And for a moment, I, I actually believed her. She was so convincing. And that's why I was trying to get into your lockbox, just to see if there was something. Oh, I'm so ashamed. I, we are going to have a field day with Dr. Haskins this week. You're quiet. I'm just thinking. About your child sitting outside? <laughs> you didn't tell me. When I came in, you didn't say. Didn't I? I thought that's why we were fighting. Do you think we should get a security person for the wedding tomorrow in case she comes back? Or maybe we should have one for the house and one for the wedding party. I won't get anyone in time. I can ask my cousin Lawrence. He knows some unsavory types. I thought you wanted to keep the unsavory types out. I'll text him. Yes, I will text him. If you want. I'm doing it. I, I'm texting him right now. Kelly? Sorry, I was just thinking. Uh, uh, well, we have a lot to do, so can you pass me the bushels? What's that? Those, those there. I, I need to assemble them. These sticks? Bushels. They're going to have two little lights strung in them. Oh. They re represent our love nest. They're our centerpieces. I'm going to call Miss Borney, too, just in case I'm calling her now. Hello? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. We're looking forward to it, but we had a terrible incident today. An intruder. No. No, she didn't take anything. Yes, a she. I would like you to send someone over to install a system. Yes. Yes. Best you have. Everywhere. Wait, Louise. Can't you come before I... Oh, I see. 
I will leave you the key so that you can install it while we're away. Yes, yes, thank you, thank you. Bye. While we're away, where are we going? Shit. What is it? A wedding present. I've booked us two tickets to Hawaii. Hawaii? Yes, you always wanted to go. And we're going? Of course. (laughs) This is too much. No, it isn't. It's perfect. Everything is going to be perfect. Our lives are going to be perfect. I want to make you the happiest woman. You do. I want you to want to be here, Kelly. I want to fill that emptiness for you like you did for me. (gasps) Shit! Hawaii! I'm going to have to find someone to feed the goats! Whose goat? Shit! What is it? A surprise! A wedding present! (laughs) Another one? I bought you three goats! Surprise! Isn't that wonderful? Why? Why what? Why would you buy me goats? Because you enjoy them so much! And now you can take care of your own goats! Aren't you happy? Yes, yes. Yeah, of course I am. I I can ask Joe. Yes, ask Joe to feed the goats while we're away. What are you thinking about? Oh, nothing. (laughs) Just those sticks. They're calming. I should think so. It's seven bucks a piece. And... They're called bushels. I could have made them for less. It's just a collection of twigs. Yes, you could have, but you didn't. So we have these. (laughs) I used to love collecting sticks. I had a pet stick insect named Charles. I love to watch him. I used to just watch him for hours. (laughs) Louise? Yes? Thank you for getting the lanterns. I think they're beautiful. I'll put the oven on. (laughs) I have taupe for us for dinner. We're having it with ratatouille. (gasps) Ratatouille? (laughs) Why did you do it like that? No reason. (laughs) Ah, these are so many lanterns. Is there much else for us to do? Today? No. Maybe we can just sit here while the oven heats. That sounds nice. Should I go and tell Joe about our new addition to the family? What? The goats. Oh, no. Stay here. Sit here and relax. Just stay here. It's starting to get dark. You're afraid of the dark now, too? Yes, I am. I'm afraid of the dark tonight. Please. All right. I'll stay here. Sit with me. All right. I love sitting on this couch with you. It's comfortable. Yes, it is. This is... Perfect? Everything is perfect like this. Just like this. You and me. Don't you agree? Yes, I do. Hmm. 
So you're comfortable too? Yes, I am. So am I. The sun is setting. <laughs> Shall I close the curtains? Yes. Yes, I think it's a good idea. I'll do it now. Wonderful. There. Done. Good. Shall I turn on the music? Mm. Yes. I'll be okay with whatever you choose. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. End of play. song for you. My daddy's dad, he caught a ride on a magic carpet ship. Rode home in 1945 with a bullet in his hip. He would have followed Eisenhower to the belly of the sun Fought a nasty conflict with the bottle Another war he won He never liked to talk a lot about the things he saw But he hated Nazis even more than he loved Omaha I'm sort of glad he's not around to see him rise from the underground. Good God, his anger would have been profound. See the soul of his party getting dead and drowned. Go from something good to something oh so bad. Grandpa would have been so mad. Grandpa would have been so mad. You know my mama's brother had a real long hair And he smoked that silly stuff Even though he felt that it wasn't fair Well, his number wasn't high enough His hair was short and his heart was scared When he landed in Saigon And in the end he lost a leg But he found his best friend John Oh, John and Jacob, not they never liked to talk a lot about the things they saw. But John and Jacob, they loved to laugh about basic in Louisiana. Now John passed on by his own hand. Now Jacob has a hard time understanding They said our dumb war was to take a stand Keep a Russian dictatorship from expanding Now the new boss loves the new Russian lunatic Good God, it would have made John sick Good God, it would have made John 
sick Well, good old Kate She was my prom date But she never was more than a friend While she, when she went for ROTC at State I studied art at the U of M Something changed in both of our brains On the day the towers fell And war gave us different kinds of urgency Ringing out like a bell She never liked to talk a lot About the things she saw But she told me something broke within her At the Battle of Battle of Sure is hard to overstate How the changes in Kate were complicated She's proud now to teach history at state But her struggle for joy keeps her getting frustrated And funny things can make her feel so bad Oh, God, it makes me oh so sad God, it makes me oh so sad Now one day if you say you gotta punch a Nazi Good God, I hope you do But they say there's a beast in everyone I hope you learn to soothe her too What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? For that beautiful song, finishing off that really beautiful play one more time for the cast yes. and our wonderful cast. You guys do dysfunctional so well. So well. Um, so usually we ask, what inspired you to write this play? But JK. <laughs> but, um, uh, Blaze, uh, you directed this wonderful piece written by Melissa, and you have worked with Melissa before. Um, uh, I guess my my first question to start it off is, what is um, how do you view Melissa's piece, especially like something like this one, which has a lot of you know pauses, and there are a lot of things that can be said or not being said in those pauses. Um, Like when I read uh, Melissa's draft, it's literally pages of dot, 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 dot. And um, thinking about how people would hear it for a radio play versus seeing it, it's it's totally two completely different experiences and how the audiences are going to take it and interpret it. So... Um, how did you um, go about doing such a, a difficult task? Yeah, it was it was hard trying to unlock how to make this play work in a dramatic sense. And I think it's for both, you know, a radio play and, and for the 
we did a workshop production of it actually in January. And the, th- the binding rule, I think for both actually was focusing on, um, what's un- what's left unsaid, what's not being said and what are you, what is each character choosing to say instead, especially when you have somebody complicated like Kelly who has kind of set up this really interesting set of rules for her relationship with Louise. Whereas, you know, what's past is in the past and we live our relationship, you know, present going forward. Um, so I think we get to hear a couple of moments where she like shuts down Louise and be like, I don't have friends. You don't touch my box. Here are the rules. And, and you're agreeing to that. Um, and I think existing, in this world where something like that is said and possible and that Louise kind of falls in line. It's like, we're living in this, okay, what's the truth? How do I exist? And, and it's sort of like unnatural, but you want what you want. Louise wants this relationship. So therefore she's able to fall in line. So, um, like I said, the focusing on what's not being said was like the first kind of building block of, of to how to make this play work for us. And and you build on that so well, especially with Louise, because Louise has so much that she wants to say when Kelly first comes in. And there's, you know, she's like displacing her her upset into the phone, but it's really all of these things that she just learned. Um, and I think that you just really um, hold us in suspense so well, the way you directed it, and of course the way Melissa wrote it. And I think... Yeah, maybe you can talk a little bit more about finding and and how you relay what's not being said so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are keeping me honest here. <laughs> how to how to could you repeat the question? How to um, relay what's yeah, not being said? Um kind of in in keeping us in suspense as an audience as we're listening, either in Melissa's writing or in the way that you directed it. Um, keeping us in that suspense over what is not being said. Right. Well, I think the the central question of are you as an audience um, believing that there's a child outside in the car, in the cold, waiting to come in? Or are you able to kind of be on Louise's journey and oh, say, oh, that's not true. There's no kid outside. The wedding my life, my pregnancy, my, the life that I'm, you know, creating right now. Um, we asked the audience continually. And, and I think that's always the question that I came back to was like, do I want the audience to also shut down part of like their humanity and be like, there's no kid. There's no actual human child that needs to come inside. No, this is the, the immediate here and now is more important until that knock at the door. <laughs> Yeah, um, that was kind of the thing when I first read the play. I was like, yo, someone get Charlie. Like, <laughs> what? How, how has no one gotten Charlie? But then, it, it, then you know, the question is like, oh, maybe, 
maybe homegirl is crazy. Like, maybe she, like, hated Kelly so much and, like, this was her big, like, fuck you to her in a very weird, twisted way, especially now, you know, after she meets Luis and she goes, yeah, like, she laughs about it and she's like, yeah, I know who you are. It's, like, so funny because you don't know who you are, but I know you are and, like, kind of puts her in a pawn in this really, like, really twisted, maybe fucked up game, but it, it really is, like... where's charlie like it's like is does charlie exist like it's it's crazy yeah um my my next question is is totally subjective between these relationships which one do you think is the most complex or interesting for for you i guess to have explored as the director Yeah, uh, that's definitely, in my opinion, between Annie and Kelly, the two girls, because Melissa was very specific in like our first couple of conversations that these two girls have defied relationship. They've been sisters, they've been friends, pseudo lovers, like they have a very, you know, queer relationship that kind of just defies... um, traditional friendships they were they were both made to feel like the scholarship kids at this private school that they went to they were both there and like very clearly a different class than than their schoolmates you know they talk about in the play like oh we were sent to the nurse's office to get the the popular girls the morning after pill um because they wouldn't question us and their relationship went from complicated and and sad to you know Kelly slept with her best friend's dad. And and we've talked about how important it is that that was definitely like a consensual event mm. that happened, as consensual as that can be. Um, but just their relationship starts out in such a complicated place that it just moves to beyond anything. Um, so that's why her coming back and saying, you know, I wasn't invited to the wedding, but, you know, that's Kelly... I my hope is that everybody kind of gets that their history is just so complicated and so beyond normal and yet here they are drop you know dropping her kid back off at at her at her new life. Hmm. Um yeah, uh we This play is so deep. I <laughs> <laughs> It really is wonderful. Um we start. We've started something new in which we ask our playwright, and tonight we'll ask you as our director oh, um, to, if you had sixty seconds to speak to the Cheeto that's running our our country right now, what would you say in sixty seconds to that person? Here's the mic. Don't drop it, though. <laughs> oh man. I'm going to try and like not cry because I, I do fantasize about being able to talk to, to that man and the administration about, you know, I'm queer, I'm Jewish, I'm a woman. And yet like these things don't seem to be like anywhere near the top of the totem pole of his concern or this administration's concern. Um, but I think sort of circling back to what I first talked about is that these are three complicated, three-dimensional, flawed people. They happen to be women. Um, rejecting, you know, like I said, they're all kind of terrible mothers. 
for what we think of as mothers. Louise is pregnant, but wants to leave this kid outside. We already know that Kelly has like been able to leave her kid behind in, in pursuit of what she wants. And Annie, even though she stuck around and raised him, maybe is making a good decision in leaving him, leaving Charlie with them. Um, you know, the more suitable parents in her mind. Um, I think that I would want, I would want our, our president to see that these people exist and need to be represented and need more support, um, you know, financially in our healthcare system, maybe not put in these people, not to give them an excuse, but like they're not here by any other fault, but what society has kind of set up for them while still taking responsibility, these are roles that they defy because humans defy these roles. And I think moving forward and and building a better country means allowing people to live outside boxes and then see what's possible. I think that's 60 seconds. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's great. You did good. Um, And then we end... One more question. One more question, Blaze. It's easy. <laughs> what did you have for breakfast today? Hmm. Did I did I eat breakfast? Is more the question. I think a fig bar and some coffee. Hmm. Good stuff. Directors <laughs> of champion breakfast. Breakfast of champion for directors. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you one more time to our brilliant cast. Cast, yes, cast. And, and to Blaze for directing this evening. Yes. Um, I, I, we would also like to thank our social media manager, Sienna. Yes. Sienna, yeah. <laughs> and our audio engineer this evening, uh, Fernando. Um, we would like to thank our. Um, we'd like to thank Cloud City. Duh, obviously. <laughs> um, and finally, our playwright who couldn't be here, Melissa Annis. Uh, yes. Thank you for your wonderful play. And our um, listeners, our subscribers, and um, of course, our musicians, Eric, um, and our beautiful uh, accompanist. Is that the word? Yeah? Okay, great. A company. <laughs> Hannah, again, playwright, season one, for sure. Take a listen. Um, she's amazing, and we've had a really great night. And now, Eric, take us away. Right, thank you. <laughs> one more. Thanks so much for having me, Parsnip Ship. I'm really happy to be mm-hmm. here. And um, beautiful play. Thank you for your work. It was really great. This is a song about a young teacher, a homeless guy roaming the land, a Jewish subversive, outlaw preacher, a writer whose stories were radical. I'm bringing this up to awake and remind us they're using this hippie to beat us. So let me sing loud. Let me sing clear 
You can't keep Dolly and you don't own Jesus. You didn't have much, just some bread and some fishes and friendship and stories and wine. And everyone ate and it was delicious, but pretty punk rock at the time. Cause he was reforming his old time religion Saying radical kindness can free us Inviting the outlaws, inviting the ladies You can't keep Willie and you don't own Jesus I'm gonna do a trombone solo Oh, thank you. That wasn't a real trombone for you radio listeners. That was pretend with my mouth trombone. Okay, third verse. He sure wasn't white. He sure wasn't hateful. He knew how to handle his fear. His health care was free. His essence was grateful. His giving was never austere. My teacher's been hijacked by bigots and assholes, by grifters and posers and the KKK. Afraid of the queers and afraid of the border, but we shall overcome one day. We shall overcome one day. You know, they twisted his words, cut books from the Bible. They fought the crusades in his name. He would have been pissed and overturned tables. He fought against money and violence and shame. He fought against judgment and status and blame. He fought for the crazy and the sick and the lame and if you came to dinner no matter your name he'd wash off your feet and say i'm glad that you came you can't keep emily you don't own jesus succumb to the water muslims and homos have some bread and fish and wine Come to the water, you trans folk and pilgrims If you're broke or broken or wealthy or fine If you've got a heartbeat, then you are invited Don't listen to trolls who won't give you the time when fascists in training say your life is a crime You can't keep Hank and you don't own You can't keep Merle and you don't own You can't keep Dolly and you don't own Jesus
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.